Welcome to the Israel Bible Podcast. My name is Cindy Parker, and I am an author, a speaker, and the professor of Holy Land Studies at Israel Bible Center. I am passionate about reading the Bible in the physical, historical, and cultural context of its day. And I love having these geeky conversations with people about all kinds of new things. In this podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me as I sit down each week with other faculty members of IBC to discover new aspects of the Bible. These are some of my favorite dialogues because as a modern audience reading an ancient text, we know that the Bible does not need to be rewritten, but it needs to be reread. This week, Dr. Elie Lezorkin Eisenberg joins us to talk about his course titled The Jewish Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are commonly known as the synoptic gospels. They're very similar to each other. You can lay them out side by side and see that they repeat each other and they record similar miracles and teachings. But John, John is different. John's gospel refuses to let us be comfortable in harmonizing Jesus's actions. John does not follow the same pattern and literary structure as the others. John has his own purpose for writing and his own timing for various events and his own decisions for which miracles to highlight and which conversations between Jesus and others to record. Before we explore the interesting concepts in Dr. Ellie's course about the uniqueness of John's gospel, I asked him why he chose to write a book and then craft a course on this gospel. The reason for that is a Jew comes to believe in Jesus and comes to believe in him as the Messiah within and wants to stay a Jew. In other words, a Jew who did not lose his or her Jewishness, didn't say, okay, I'm no longer Jew, I'm now a Christian. If it was this way, it would have been easy. But since it wasn't, uh, Gospel of John was bothering me. And the reason for that is because the Gospel of John seems to have an unusual, in comparison to other Gospels, amount of, at this point I can say seemingly, anti-Jewish, which eventually resulted into anti-Semitic kind of arguments. Of course, you know, there is no anti-Semitism there. And um, anti-Judaism that is there has to be defined and nuanced. And it's not what we think. So, but that's a little bit of a sort of, you know, a teaser of what I'm finding actually in the Gospel of John. But I started thinking about Gospel of John precisely because I loved it the most and I hated it the most. Right. I hated it because the Jews are, for some reason, the children of the devil in that gospel. It's very hard to take. It's very, very hard to take. You know, it's in that gospel that we have we, we have this sort of the Jews rejecting Jesus, at least an interpretation of what this gospel is saying. Okay? He came unto his own. His own received him not. Who are the his own? Well, the typical interpretation, that's, that's the Judaism. This is the Jewish people, of Ju- the people of Judaism. And those who, uh, 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 but those who received him, who, who are those people? Well, most of the people that came to faith are Gentiles. So this is sort of really a foundation for the supersessionist theology where, you know, the Gentile church, although it's not that simple. 
replaces Israel. Okay. So it bothers, it bothers me. And of course, this is really why I looked into that because so much of other things in the gospel attracted me much more than any, in any other gospels, you know, because it's so, it's, it is so, well, I don't want to describe the gospel of John in such a great way, uh, because it would seem to think that other gospels are, uh, you know, <laughs> not worthy. But to me, and, you know, Daniel Boyarin once, <laughs> once said that, that said that people divide the world uh, in, um, you know, uh, black and white. Uh, some people divide the world in the rich and poor. But he says some, but, uh, but, but I divide the world in, in, the, in those who love the gospel of Mark and those who love the gospel of John. So, <laughs> and it is true. It is true. It's generally that division. Either you gospel of John person or you gospel of Mark person. There are gospel of Luke and Matthew, you know, heretics here and there. But, but generally speaking, the majority is on one of those things. So I, I came at it to honestly see for myself, is there some kind of internal consistency? And this is what I tried to do. I try, I, I, um, when I was in school, I, I, I remember walking into um, a study of one of the sort of esteemed scholars that have written uh, more than 40 books. And I walked in and I saw how he was writing a commentary. So I can describe this to you. So he had computer in front of him. That's where he was typing his text, his commentary. Then... I think he had the Bible, and then he had seven or eight other commentaries covering his desk. And so basically the commentary writing, generally speaking, is looking what other people said, more or less saying the same thing in slightly kind of your way. Okay, now I'm exaggerating for sure. It's a lot more than that. But what I, what I wanted to do, and I was always this kind of a person, I, those who know me closely, they say that I don't think the way normal people do. I, I honestly don't. I think in some kind of aid, crazy ADD ways that eventually I arrive somewhere and that's my try, and that's my method. There is a method really to my madness. But what I, what I said that I will do is that I will not listen to anybody. And because I've already received enough of education, there is plenty of people good and bad, young and old, women and female, that's spoken to my life. Enough is enough. So I wanted now to hear, just based on what who I am now, what John's Gospel has to say. And not only that, I also didn't want other evangelists to tell me anything. You know, so, so I just started at reading, it because part of the problem, and this... And this um, this comes up in our courses um, at Israel Bible Center. That uh, when we, what, what Christians tend to do is they, they tend to uh, systematize things and harmonize, in particular with the Gospels. There is four different stories. Yes, three of them are alike. But even though they're alike, they still are different. And one of them is only, what, 20% alike. 80% different. So then uh, a lot of times a poor unsuspected Christian <laughs> sets out to make understanding obviously that there was really not four stories 
of Jesus. Jesus didn't live four times, he lived one time. And so naturally, a good unsuspected Christian wants to set out and figure out how do all those four, how do four gospel stories speak one story? But that's the point. They don't. That's the that's scary thing to hear, but they they really don't. Otherwise, there would be just one one gospel. But what I set out to do in a book, the Jewish Gospel of John, discovering Jesus, the King of all Israel, that later became a course at Israel Bible Center. What I set out to do is I set out to listen to John apart from Luke, Mark, and Matthew. I wanted to hear only what John has to say and I wanted to see what what is he saying if I only have John what story about Jesus I'm gonna hear and I've heard and really I stumbled on a lot of surprising things because of that way because I approached it that way it's a wonderful way to do the course it's it's an interesting course different than some of the other courses IBC has Uh, it's an audio course instead of having the video, uh, but you also go almost exactly verse by verse. Like you you read it and then you stop and say, this is odd. This is weird. Let's talk about it. And then you continue on. So it's a really beautiful way to engage the book. Uh, look, the, 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 the reason these um, courses, these three audio courses look very different from all of Israel Bible Center courses is because this was an audiobook <laughs> at first, so which is still available. Now, most people love the book. They really do. I mean, I can see it by their feedback. They really, really love the book. However, other people have also leveled a little critique on me on this, on the course. And they said, well, you keep hammering throughout the book the same thesis proving over and over and over that the jews are not the people of jewish religion of course that's exactly what i'm doing i have a different uh, proposal to offer to people who those jews are in the gospel in the gospel of john and 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 part of i understand their frustration because i think more or less in the first part of the book i i do succeed in convincing them already that i'm right and and then they're asking questions well how how come he keeps coming back to this question well probably because it it was uh, as for a jew this was and still is is, no not 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 anymore because i've resolved it for myself uh a painful question you know when a jew walks in into a christian church and the gospel of john is read watch out it is very, very difficult. And the thing is that most Christians don't even, they're just fully unaware. They're really unaware. Uh, as a matter of times, uh, as a matter of fact, and I heard this a lot of times, that uh, Israel-loving Christian would say something like, well, I've never seen anything anti-Jewish in the Gospel of John. I've just, I don't know what you're talking about. No, seriously, they would say that. And, uh, and that's also normal. That's, that's okay, because the truth is that we're all sensitive to our pain, painful pain points in our life, and all of them are uh, defined by our social location. And so mine uh, was Jewish one. I, it bothered me. Um, Apostle Paul, of course, bothered me. 
then I set out to write about, on him as well. Why do I write books? I don't write it for other people. I have to tell you the truth. I write it for myself. You know, it's my, it's my own it's my own studies of something that bothers me, and then I go into resolving it until I am personally and I'm a very inquisitive and very tough person when it comes on someone giving me explanation that is like doesn't quite cut it. I'm not gonna let it let them get off. And so I do the same thing for myself whenever I'm aware of it. Sometimes I'm not aware. In his course, Dr. Ellie suggests that Samaritans are central to the Gospel of John. And I mean this in more of an expansive way than John simply choosing to include a conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, which, by the way, we covered in episode 20. So if you missed that, go back and listen. It is so interesting. While you're there, make sure you like or follow this podcast so you don't miss any more episodes. So Dr. Ellie's argument is that the Samaritans are not a peripheral group of people, but actually quite important in the underlying purpose of the gospel. What is John doing and why is he doing it? There's many, many reasons. But one, let me just uh, come to it from a little bit illogical way for most people. But for me, it is a bit a little interesting, at least. Um, we, th- there is a debate about who wrote the book we call the Gospel of John. All four of the, of the canonical gospel books are anonymous. We do not know. We don't know, in spite of what people think, we do know, we do not know even the Gospel of Luke. We know it's the same person who wrote Acts, but we don't know if his name was Luke. You know, those things, the Gospel according to Matthew, according to John, they came later. But what's interesting is is that John, along with Peter, and we we know this from the Gospel, uh, from the book, uh, from the book of Acts, actually at some point takes a significant interest in the mission, Judean mission, to the Samaria. So the apostles in Jerusalem send John son of Zebedee along with Peter on this, let's call it in today's modern lingo, mission trip, which they return with incredible news that Samaria went crazy for Jesus, you know? They're just, just so many people coming to faith, they're shocked. Now, why are they shocked? Let's just go back a little bit. And, and I think when we talked about the Samaritan woman, we did talk about the differences between, you know, who the Samaritans were. Samaritans thought of themselves as, as um, the real Israel. The Judeans were the heretics. So basically, John, son of Zebedee, there is something that connects him. There's a lot of arguments why he's the person who wrote the Gospel of John. And interestingly enough, and I know that this is a very weak argument meanwhile, because I haven't said anything else, uh, but hear me out. Uh, and he was actually part of that mission. Now, so it, in my hypothesis, and this is, a, this is a hypothesis, and I invite the reader uh, not only to disagree with me, but to think, Think together with me. Perhaps there could be found a better hypothesis in the future. Uh, but my hypothesis that I'm testing in, in this book and in this course, that originally 
the Gospel of John was written by probably John, son of Zebedee, together with probably other people, because there is this feeling of community writing, to the Samaritan Israelites. Oh, now this is interesting. He's reframing the question so that the proposed hypothesis is not just that the Samaritans are important in the gospel, but that the author was actually writing to include them. This is an interesting hypothesis. You may recall from the episode about the Samaritan woman that Dr. Eisenberg suggests that she was a righteous woman and an educated woman, not a prostitute as some portray her. And I have to agree with him here. Dr. Eisenberg points out that the details from John 4.4 says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Now, from a geographical point of view, there was an alternative route. He could have walked from Jerusalem down to Jericho and north along the Rift Valley and therefore avoid the Samaritan territory. So why is this detail so important for Dr. Eisenberg's hypothesis about John? Gospel of John needs to be heard, and that's, of course, how the Gospels were read. They were, they were read to be heard, not to be read in the Bible, in the text, one-on-one with the, with the written uh, printed word. As you would hear the Gospel of John, it, it sounds like that whoever wrote it wanted you to, at the same time as you go on hearing the Gospel of John, also remember the readings of the book of Ezekiel. Now, you think, wait a minute, what's the, what's the connection? You know, I mean, look, the entire Bible connects with the entire Bible, right? Somehow, right? We will kind of know that. This is an old hat. We operate out of this idea. But, but, but I'm saying that there is one book in particular that seems to be dominant as a background to the Gospel of John. So let me give you a couple of examples. And then we'll tie it up to why I think it's Samaritans, actually. So the book, in the book of Ezekiel, God is promising in the future to send a deliverer to a divided kingdom of Israel. And that he's actually saying that it will be a shepherd. And not only that, what's, what's interesting is that God himself says, I'm going to be the shepherd. And he says, one day I will come and I will shudder, I will judge, and I will reunite the north and the south, and I will be the good shepherd, you see. And all of a sudden we realize, oh my gosh, this is the one of the really big bright spots in the Gospel of John, that Gospel of John is, is setting Jesus forth as the good shepherd. This is why I initially called the book The Jewish Gospel of John, Discovering Jesus, King of All Israel. Now, I'm sure some Christians thought I'm going to be talking about, you know, Jews and Gentiles together. That, that, that's okay. This is a different discussion. But in the context of the Gospel of John, all Israel is not Jews and Gentiles. In the context of the Gospel of John, only Israel is the south and the north of Israel, not just half of it. At least this is how John's gospel is setting forth Jesus as he is coming, 
across to do that. Now, here and there, you will pick up uh, interesting pointers that you would think that if John uh, or the community with John was writing to the Samaritan Israelites in their post-Samaritan mission trip, if that was the case, that there would be some language that could be that would be understood better by Samaritans. And that's normal, right? Whenever you're writing for an audience or you're speaking to an audience, you know, you would you would um, you would use the kind of you would use the kind of language that would probably be acceptable to them. I think it's normal for people to pick a particular lingo and a particular verbiage when they speak to the to, to the audience if they know a lot about this audience and especially if this audience has particular points about them that uh, need to be you know need to be tweaked a little bit I'll give you an example if you look at other gospels when Jesus is arriving to Jerusalem they they uh, call call him the king the the king of the jews they they're the the they're they're speaking of zion they're speaking of judea they're speaking of jerusalem now remember the samaritans they thought jerusalem was all wrong that the judeans with their with their displaced emphasis on zion on the wrong mountain of god's blessing the right one was the Mount Grazim in, uh, in, uh, um, in their territory. That's where Abraham sacrificed Isaac. That's where the Bethel was, according to their interpretation, right? And so, um, so what happens in the Gospel of John is that when Jesus arrives to Jerusalem, he is, he is, he is he, the, the Gospel switches and calls him the king of, of Israel. So all of a sudden the 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 vocabulary that's used will be in a vocabulary that is very much acceptable to the Samaritans. So are you convinced his hypothesis is correct? Maybe go back and read through Ezekiel before reading John and see what kind of connections you make. Next week, we will hear the ways in which the author of John's gospel is crafting words to make his message more appealing to Samaritans. If you sign up for Israel Bible Center Certificate Program in Jewish Context and Culture, you will have access to the extensive collection of courses we have, including this one on the Jewish Gospel of John. You also have access to roundtable talks, hot topic seminars. You can find us on the web at israelbiblecenter.com, or even easier, click on the link in the notes at the bottom of this episode. It'll take you maybe three minutes to enroll in the program. Thank you to Jeremy McDonald with Mason Jar Music for mixing, editing, and crafting all the good sounds you hear. And thank you for being curious about the world of the Bible. Bible.